Welcome to Moraine Valley's September 11th commemoration event. North Palos Fire Department has donated their memorial bell to us. We will be ringing it at the significant times of that tragic day 15 years ago. We will begin at 846 when Tower 1 was struck. Please be seated. Good morning. Thank you to the North Palos uh, Fire Department for bringing the on its honor guard and to Chicalba, I hope I pronounced that correctly, bagpiping for their providing heartfelt music. The message, the college is very grateful for your service today. 
Welcome to the September 11th Commemoration Ceremony at Moraine Valley Community College. My name is Josiah Fuller. I'm the Director of Educational Talent Search, one of the pr TRIO programs here at Moraine. I'm very grateful for this opportunity to stand before you this morning. We are here today to recognize the 15th anniversary of the events of 9-11. While they hit close to home on American soil, the vulnerability, sadness, and fear left in the wake of this tragedy were felt globally. It was a day that affected people all over the world, regardless of their race, ethnicity, or religion. We learned that day that tragedy doesn't discriminate. Citizens from 115 nations had been inside the North and South Towers when they fell, and people from all around the world mourned lost family and friends. They had candlelight vigils, to express their grief and left flowers in front of American embassies. The French newspaper Le Monde announced on September 12, 2001, today we are all Americans. The events on that sunny Tuesday morning made the world a little smaller, brought us a bit closer to our neighbors and inspired us to reach out to help not only the people of New York, but to share that spirit of unity with our own communities. Cities across this nation gather together each year to remember this Patriot Day, taking time to reflect on what has been lost and what is truly important in their own lives. While many of our students were only toddlers in 2001 and won't have their own memories of that day, most Americans remember. They remember where they were and what they were doing when they heard the plane hit, hit the World Trade Center. For me, that morning 15 years ago started like any other morning. I usually wake to music, so I hadn't listened to the news yet. At that time, I worked for a different institution of higher learning, and my commute included a trip through the downtown Chicago to the Eisenhower Expressway. I was on my way to work, nearing the Willis Tower, when I realized a large throng of people were walking on the Congress Parkway in the opposite direction of the skyscraper. I thought that was odd. Why, would, why weren't they going inside? I knew something must be wrong, so I switched on the news and immediately heard about New York. I realized the Willis Tower was being evacuated, like so many other tall buildings that were that morning across the nation. Once I made it to work, there was a solemn attitude on campus. It was a nervous energy as the faculty, staff, and students tried to comprehend what had occurred and put the day's events in into perspective. It was a new feeling for me, different from anything I've experienced before. Yet, it's in the face of tragedy where we will find the strength of our human spirit. As the smoke cleared the New York streets in the following days, the initial shock of what had transpired began to be replaced by that American spirit of unity, that desire to do whatever we could do to help. A part of us had been hit hard, but the rest of us would be there to lift up. The need to do something is often overwhelming, even when we're not sure exactly what to do. Feeling helpless can be very frustrating, and unless you're one of the thousands of first responders from cities across the country who made that trek to New York to help with cleanup efforts, there wasn't too much physically to do. 
that would directly benefit someone working in the Pentagon or a passenger on Flight 93. But that didn't stop people. An estimated 36,000 units of blood were donated to the New York Blood Center. 9-11 charities received an estimated $1.4 billion in donations. And funds raised for the families of New York police and fire departments were estimated $500 million. Between 2001 and 2002, applications to the Peace Corps increased 40 percent. And applications to the CIA even rose 50 percent. Here on our campus, faculty, staff, and students raised more than $2,300 and collected 55 pints of blood to aid victims and their families. We were doing what we thought we needed to do. We were doing what we could do to help. It's interesting to me how great tragedies such as 9-11 create a sense of unification in this country. Tragedy almost always leads to a greater consideration of others' needs. But the unprovoked, thoughtful gesture towards someone in need can have a big and sometimes even bigger impact on a life than a worldwide call for help does. Why, was, why must we endure heartache to feel the love of a neighbor? Shouldn't we always strive to be the good in the world? I want to believe that our faith in humanity is enough to make the world go round. Yet, this idea of unification can be tricky. Clearly, being unified does not mean we have to agree on political ideologies, or worship the same God, or even cheer for the same baseball team. The current events in the United States regarding many controversial issues are proof that our citizens will never be on, will agree on every or be unified on every issue. But that's okay. We have been granted this right, the right to be an individual, to believe what we want, to have a set of morals and values that may be different from others. And while our differences are what makes each of us the person we are, I propose there are a few things worthy of our unification. Ideas so important to the human spirit that we should be made into a whole just to protect them. Being unified should mean we all have a common respect for life and for our basic American freedoms. It means we should feel safe enough to go to work on a Tuesday morning or to have dinner in a cafe on a Friday evening. We should protect each other from whatever fright is lurking in the shadows, fighting it off together. We should have a global agreement that a family in Spain is just as valuable as an older man in China. We must be united, pledging our respect for every human being on this planet, no matter what they look like or how they speak. That kind of unification is something I think we all can and should practice in our daily lives. So my request to you is simple. Let's not wait for the next building to fall or plane to plummet into the sea or even the next flood to erase a small town before we reach out to our fellow man. Let's be the good in the world right now. Give whatever you can to whoever you can, whenever you can. It's only through our collective respect for each other that we can truly prove, I'm sorry, we can truly move the human race. Thank you.
At this time, I would like to invite the members of the forensic team to come forward and to read the names of the 9-11 victims. We will start the reading of the names with our speech team, team captain, Casey Nichols. Gordon McKenna Ameth Jr. Ed Ahmad. Maria Rose Ahmad. Andrew Anthony Abat. Vincent Abat. Lawrence Christopher Abel. William F. Amerhamson. Richard Anathan Asento. B. Ackerman. Paul Andrew. Donald L. Adams, Patrick Adams, Shannon Lewis Adams, Stephanie Adams, Agnes Adang, Christy Adamo, Terrence E. Adrelli, Jr., Sophia B. Edo, Lee Adler, Danielle Thompson Affetio. Emma Afwa, Alec Agwal, Maku Agwala, Joseph Agnello, David Scott Agnes, Joa A.D. Aguar, Jr., L.T. Brian G. Aherm, Jeremiah J. Aherm, Joanna Aldietis, Shabar Hamad, Terence Adri Akem, Godwin Ajala, Jordan M. Alagro, Andrew Alamano, Margaret Ann Peggy, Alario, Gary Elboro, John L. Alberto, Peter Craig Alderman, Jacqueline Delon Aldridge, Grace Allegra Cua, David D. Allegra, Ernest Alicos, Edward L. Allegrito, Eric Allen, Joseph Ryan Allen, Richard Dennis Allen, Richard Ellen Allen, Christopher Edward Alham, 